This is the Aussie Animal Show on Triple A Radio. Welcome to the wildlife. My name's Rob Armstrong. In a previous program, I spoke with Peter Highlands, the president of the Australian Wildlife Protection Council. Peter gave us an insight into the situation in Victoria and Australia-wide in regards to the commercial killing of kangaroos. Tonight, I speak with Alyssa Wormall, the president of the Victorian Kangaroo Alliance, and Helen Round, a wildlife rescuer and wildlife carer at the East Trentham Wildlife Shelter. She specializes in kangaroos. These two ladies will give us an insight into what is happening currently in the state of Victoria, Australia, the way the commercial industry has led to an unprecedented slaughter of native wildlife to the extent it is species threatening. Alyssa and Helen, what is happening to our kangaroos here in Victoria? Genocide, ecocide, uh, mass slaughter. The Victorian state government avoided the advice of their own department and started a kangaroo meat industry that is wiping out the species. It's devastation and it's cruel, it's unregulated, it's unmonitored, it's unsustainable, and we are at risk of losing a keystone species. Helen, you're involved with a wildlife shelter and are a registered carer. Are you seeing an influx of, say, at-foot joeys or pouch young that have been displaced because of the shooting? Actually, no. What we're seeing is a decline in the number of animals coming through our doors. The joeys don't make it for them to get to us. You know, we find some. We've, you know, we we find some that have been, you know, mysteriously appear by themselves, and they well could be from the shooting industry. But what we're seeing is a population drop, and we're seeing a population drop because of disease and because of shooting. Alyssa, uh, the Victorian Kangaroo Alliance has had quite a lot of media success on uh, the issue of the commercialisation of the kangaroo industry here in Victoria. Can you encapsulate your organisation's thoughts on this issue? Uh, Yeah, sure. So a Victorian Kangaroo Alliance came into being because it initially started with two community campaigns and one was an authority to control wildlife permit, so a cull. I hate that word, but yeah, such as it is. And um, the other was for the kangaroo harvesting program, so for pet meat. Um, and so these two these two campaigns had such an enormous impact on the community, and we and we developed quite a large following all across the state. And it really these two two incidents really highlighted the the issues that we're having with kangaroos in that they're being so terribly persecuted through these permits and then the government has monetized that persecution and turned it into the the kangaroo harvesting program to just try and make some money off the back of these amazing animals that the communities love in so many cases and there's so many communities that don't want to be in a harvest zone Um, And they have no say in it. They have absolutely no rights and they're not notified often before these shoots take place, even when they're happening really close to family homes. Um, So essentially we saw that there was a really big problem and we had so many people coming to us saying that they're just not seeing kangaroos in their area anymore. And that's been the same for what I've seen as well out driving in regional Vic. And then we had the Inglewood situation where there's a company wanting to open a new processing facility out there that 
could increase kangaroo the demand for kangaroos from a thousand to potentially five thousand a week, according to one uh, one article. The, that's what they said: five thousand a week. It's just it's terrifying, honestly. And and we just wanted to keep making noise and um, and keep trying to fight against this terrible abuse of of our beautiful kangaroos. There's always been a system in place in this state for the legal controlling of kangaroos through a permit mm-hmm. system. Has the introduction of a commercial killing industry led to an increase in the number of kangaroos being shot? The introduction of the kangaroo meat industry has seen a massive increase in the number of kangaroos being killed, and it's completely undermined the authority to control wildlife permit system. Victorians wanted to cull kangaroos. They had to prove that they they had a population and and, say that they had a problem. And there was this little bit of scrutiny and there was a little bit of a slowdown, a little bit of protection for kangaroos. Now, there's no permit system anymore. It's been completely and utterly undermined. Instead of applying for a permit to kill a percentage of the kangaroos on your property, landowners now, they, they contact the department and within minutes, they have the phone numbers of shooters cut, to, sent to their phones and shooters come out and will wipe out a whole population. Before it was supposed to be, you know, a culling based on 10% of the population. And now it's that shooters come in and wipe out a whole mob you know, at the drop of a hat There's, without scrutiny. So the authority to control wildlife permit system has been completely undermined and there's just no protection for kangaroos anymore. Do we have any idea of the numbers of roos that are now being shot? What, how big is the increase? So at the time of commercialisation in 2014, the, the then Minister for Agriculture, Peter Walsh, said that there would be no increase in killing and it was um, simply to reduce waste from, from the excessive culling. So kangaroos are already being massively persecuted and very, it's very much a, a vestige of colonialism as well to see an ancient native species as a pest. But so we were assured that there would be no additional killing. But if you look at the quotas, the average quota has actually tripled between now and then. So the numbers have just gone up astronomically. That was flagged as an issue. So in uh, in 2018, the review of the uh, kangaroo pet food trial, uh, that showed that it had massively increased numbers and it showed that it risked sustainability and that it was rife with corruption and lawlessness and low value to the taxpayer, you know, all of which you would think would be a big red flag for the government. But uh, instead, they actually increased the program and they they opened up yeah, commercial harvesting zones, as they call it, pretty much everywhere that there is kangaroos. So, yeah, not only were they unconcerned about the, the findings of that report, they, they just went ahead and um, broadened the industry and look at what it's brought us. <laughs> I was away the day they did math at school. I'm hopeless. But you mentioned the increase uh, very roughly in my head. We're talking about an extra 100,000 kangaroos being shot. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. So if we look at the average quotas, so in 2010, the quota was um, just under 40,000. And then if we look at 2000 and 21 it was over 190,000 so you can see how massive that is and that's sort of like a top and bottom example there and so it sort of fluctuates but if you look at the average pre-commercialization it was um 
just under 52,000 kangaroos per year. And now since commercialization, the average is 164,000 kangaroos per year. So it's been a massive, the commercial incentive um, has massively increased um, the numbers of kangaroos being killed. And it's, it's clearly unsustainable. Um, you know, we see that just from reports that we're getting from communities that they just don't have kangaroos there anymore. Mm. And also the desperation of shooters from door knocking and leafleting to soliciting on, um, on community Facebook groups. Um, and also we've recently had um, an independent expert biostatistician, Claire Galea, has analysed um, all the, the data and the way that the government is estimating numbers and she's basically said it's a roadmap to extinction. Those figures, 160,000 kangaroos, that does not include the impouch joeys that are bashed to death or decapitated and the joeys at foot that are just left to die out in the forests? Yeah, so look, add another third to that, pop, you know, the number of um, kangaroos being killed. And that this is a really good opportunity to discuss how kangaroos are killed. Let me say and, and stress to the listeners, kangaroos are not and cannot be farmed. Do not have any of the husbandry practices that you expect with all your sources of meat proteins. They're shot in the wild. Helen, can you tell us how that is done? Okay. Yeah, as you said, no kangaroo meat is farmed. So none of the kangaroo meat that you get at the supermarket is refrigerated after shooting and it is none of those animals are drenched now the code of practice says that it used to say that kangaroos had to be killed with a brain shot to be harvested now it's just a head shot so kangaroos are uh, you know that the accuracy is not there but it's estimated about 40 percent of them escape wounded to die slow horrific deaths the code of practice also says that in pouch joeys um, the kind humane way for those joeys to be killed is that they are taken by the legs and tail ripped from their dead mother's pouches and swung over the shooter's head and have their heads smashed against a hard surface, like the shooter's tray or the bull bar of their ute or a rock or a fence post. So the lucky joeys get their heads smashed in. And that's the code of practice. That's what the government deems to be humane killing. Unbelievable. So on top of that 160,000, we've got another 30% on top of that that are just not counted in their quota at all. Well, that's the point. The government, you know, when Alyssa referred earlier to the Kangaroo Pet Food Trial Review of 2018, it said clearly that if this would affect the sustainability of kangaroos in Victoria, that the establishment of a meat industry would, you know, affect the sustainability and the genetic integrity because it's the large alpha males who are being killed first. When a mob flees, the large males stand their ground and face the threat while the mob flees so that the, the smaller ones can get away. These, these beautiful, noble heroes who we, you know, yield the most meat are being wiped out first. So the long-term sustainability of kangaroos in Victoria is being affected by the genetic integrity being destroyed. Now, the Victorian government, they were concerned about this kangaroo pet food trial review. They were so concerned that 
they wouldn't release the report. And when we tried to get copies of the report, we were sent these heavily redacted documents that were just blacked out pages. And it wasn't until we went through, you know, um, the ombudsman and other, uh, you know, official channels, we were able to get a copy of this report. And what we found in the report was shocking. On so many levels, the kangaroo meat industry should not be happening in Victoria. And that was the government's own paperwork. It just seems like we're on the edge now. We're about to make that tipping point where it's going to be too late for this species. Absolutely. It's, it's incredible. We're witnessing the sixth mass extinction event. Scientists are telling us that, you know, millions of species are being lost and we have a government that's systematically wiping out an entire keystone species. And they're doing it for corporate greed. You know, kangaroos, they're shot for the meat, which is usually sold as dog meat. But more importantly, they're shot for the leather, the K leather, which is sold to companies like Adidas and Nike. So kangaroos are being wiped out to feed corporate greed, to feed massive profits for overseas companies. Alyssa, across to you now, 11 cities around the world protesting that Nike's use of K-leather in their football boots was causing a massacre of Australian kangaroos. Can you tell us a little bit about that protest? Yeah, it was it was absolutely amazing. Um, I don't think it was, it wasn't quite 11 cities. What was it? It was five, nine cities. Nine. Um, yeah, and it, it was incredible, honestly, like, I can't tell you how heartwarming it is to see a group of people on the snow-filled streets of New York holding pictures of kangaroos and holding out flies about kangaroos out the front of Nike and walking through the Nike store, um, which is what we did in Melbourne as well. We, um, you know, we, we stayed in, in Nike for quite a while um, and Helen was our, our hero. And, and just we had this incredible turnout in Melbourne, just so many people, um, you know, lining the streets in front of Nike. We all had signs. We were all, there's so many great speeches from my Andy Medic MP, from Helen, from a whole host of other really wonderful and important people in the movement. And it's just the reason why we're targeting Nike at the moment um, is because they've actually already got an alternative. They've got a fantastic synthetic kangaroo leather um, that they could be using. There's absolutely no need for them to be killing to be funding this this wildlife massacre and this terrible bushmeat trade, they've got the alternative and they're a major cultural leader. So it would just take them to say, no, we're not going to keep supporting this unethical, unhygienic and unsustainable massacre of wildlife for shoes and that we can do better. And if they were to do that because of their cultural importance, it would not be long before other major importers would also decide to step away from that industry. So um, that's why we're really calling on Nike to stop stop fueling this industry, stop fueling the killing. What's causing them internal problems with the Californian regulations banning the sale of kangaroo products means that Nike have to ship their synthetic boots into California or face <laughs> prosecution. It would be easier oh. for them just not to use kangaroo leather. And honestly, it's just... <laughs> You would think just in this day and age of pandemics that they would be just a little bit wary about supporting a wildlife trade. Like, you know, any of the, the main virologists and are speaking up and saying we need to clamp down on the wildlife trade because of the, 
the dangers of zoonotic disease. Um, but then we we have yeah these big companies that are absolutely fueling this this greedy slaughter of kangaroos. And at this point, I think it's worth pointing out to the dear listener that the kangaroo meat industry is the largest land-based wildlife slaughter industry on the planet. And, you know, Australians, what they love to say, oh, the Japanese are terrible with what they do with the dolphins in the cove or those poor Canadian, you know, the Canadian baby fur seals. Well, the same massacres are happening every night across the country. And it's happening, it's unmonitored, it's unregulated, there's no oversight, there's no regulation at all. And mobs of animals are being chased down using dogs and cars, they're being run to the ground and shot to smithereens in this massive wildlife slaughter when, as Alyssa said, we shouldn't be eating bushmeat. We, we, we've just come through COVID, which came from the bushmeat industry, and we have the kangaroo meat industry, which is so unhygienic. I think a really good place to, for people to have a look for themselves to understand the kangaroo meat industry is on Facebook there's been a page um, created called Kangaroo Industry, A Dirty Graphic Truth. And this page, the, the, the creators of this page go around on Facebook, they've joined shooter groups and they all they do is screenshot what shooters pro, um, post themselves. So this is straight from the, the horses, the harvesters' mouths. And so for people to see, um, you know, I can tell you that kangaroo meat is full of worms. I can tell you that open carcasses are transported around on open, you know, inviscerated carcasses are transported on open utes in the dirt and the dust and the flies and that they are taken to remote chill rooms where they're stored with other species that are unmonitored. I can tell you all that, but if you, it's when you see it yourself that I think people get a true understanding. So I'm really going to urge listeners, if they want to understand the kangaroo meat industry, please have a look at the page Kangaroo Industry, the Dirty Graphic Truth, because it actually speaks the truth. The whole industry for a number of years has been a little bit below the line. Some people may call it even shady, uh, but they've also been very willing to sue anyone who speaks out publicly against them. Uh, gives you an idea of the amount of money in and the government also supports them as we've seen with you know um government figures trying to get um the kangaroo market opened up elsewhere overseas as well um but i'm just sorry on the on the, the issue of zoonosis as well we should point out that the issue here is the intensive handling of carcasses of wildlife so kangaroos on their own hopping around a paddock they're no risk to anyone at all um but as soon as you're interfering with the carcasses of wild animals that's when you're really um you know, you're putting yourself and, and the whole population at risk. And particularly, as Helen said, looking at these pictures that shooters have posted, there's very little by way of any sort of hygiene, any sort of personal protective wear, not even gloves. There's little kids out there not even wearing shoes. Um, and, you know, so 70, 75% of all new and emerging diseases um, are zoonotic, so they come from animals. And out of that, 70% comes from wild animals. So, you know, it's, it's a real risk factor that you'd think that, you know, 
we really should be learning from that current situation. But yeah, unfortunately not. It's a well-documented situation. I mean, it was only a few years ago we had reports of 35 to 45% of kangaroo meat sent to Japan was contaminated with salmonella. Yep, and the Russian the Russian market shut it down what, in 2012 and before then as well because of unacceptable levels of salmonella and E. coli. Um, e. coli is shit, and they're inviscerated in the field, and there's no, not even a requirement for shooters to have possible water on hand. So these carcasses are gutted in the field, they're put on the trays of open utes. They're not refrigerated. They're driven around in the dirt and the dust and the flies for hours and hours and do not have to be delivered to a remote and unmonitored chill room until two hours after dawn. So there's, you know, how, what other meat would you eat that's transported that's not refrigerated? Yeah, and crammed in there with all sorts of other wild animals, like particularly wild boar, which are absolutely riddled with diseases, but a, a whole host of other things like, you know, um, what have I seen? On that page, if you have a look, you'll see all sorts of things like deer, rabbit, hare. Um, they're killing foxes at the same time and wild um, feral cats. Even camels in Western Australia are strung up with kangaroos, like in, obviously in pieces. Well, but yeah, it's a nightmare. It's, it's it, Australia's mobile wet markets, I call it. <laughs> what I had heard about was people in Queensland shooting people's um, pet goats to fill kangaroo boxes because there's not enough kangaroos. So that one I'd heard about. <laughs> yeah, which um, I mean, that tells its own story, doesn't it? Good grief. And, and of course, uh, the authorities will say, if we ever see anyone doing anything wrong, we will act and prosecute immediately. But unfortunately, all this uh, takes place outside of office hours, many miles away from the game management office. Mm -hmm. So there's no one there to police these shooters. Yeah, the body that is charged with the responsibility of overseeing, monitoring, regulating the industry is a pro-shooting advocacy group. The GMA has a, a game management authority, has a long track record of failing to prosecute the cruelty perpetrated by duck shooters that they've traditionally overseen. And now they've been put in charge of the kangaroo meat industry. And, you know, for decades we have supplied them with, the, with so much evidence of wrongdoings by shooters and nothing gets prosecuted. Cruelty is never mentioned. So we've got a corrupt body that is a pro-hunting advocacy group overseeing the kangaroo meat industry. You wouldn't put pedophiles in charge of a kindergarten. You wouldn't put arsonists in charge of the uh, CFA. So why in the hell are we putting um, hunters in charge of the harvesting industry. And most investigations that occur are done retrospectively after the fact. What was it, Alyssa, would be able to fill you in on about 60,000 kangaroos killed uh, and the number of audits done? Yeah, so that was for the first. So these are the, the documents that I've seen um, were the, the audits for the first three quarters of 2021. And in that time, about 60,000 kangaroos were killed and there was only four unannounced audits in the field at that time there was a, I think there was 14 from memory that were um pre-planned audits um but what I want to know like you know pre-planned is one thing but you know unannounced like actually seeing what they're doing out there when they think nobody is watching that's what I'm interested in 
And out of all that, four, you know, just anything goes, anything goes out there really. And they know that. I'm just trying to put myself in the place of someone who's listening to this podcast for the first time and saying, no, no, that can't be right. They must be making this up. No government authority would allow this to happen. Well, they've created it. They're not just allowing it to happen. They created the situation. What can I or anyone do to get involved with this issue to try and stop the slaughter of kangaroos? Number one, boycott the product and spread the word. And I think, you know, we need to, one thing that the industry uses to perpetuate its myth um, and, and to generate its sales is that the industry um, perpetuates the myth that kangaroos are overgrazing and that they compete with stock and that they are pests. Let's get this straight. Kangaroos are a keystone species. One cow eats up to the same amount of grass as 60 kangaroos, Gordon Grigg 2002. So that they, the amount of grazing pressure that kangaroos exert is minimal. But they also, they, kangaroos aerate the soil, they tip feed so that they improve pasture, their dung isn't damaging to the environment, you can put it straight on your veggie patch. You don't have to age it like sheep poo or cow poo or horse poo because of the high ammonia. Kangaroos are designed for Australia and they're designed to help the bush. And when we destroy kangaroos, we are destroying the bush. And kangaroos are shot because they're free. Whether you agree with farming or not, at least farmers invest in their land, they invest in their infrastructure, they invest in their bloodlines. Kangaroo shooters come in and they take, they rape. They rape the Australian bush. They take, it's opportunistic. It's a filthy opportunistic business. Based on a misconception that kangaroos are in plague proportions and their numbers are exploding, which is which biologically is, yeah, impossible. Biologically possible, yeah. <laughs> their breeding rate is, is so slow and their, their mortality rate so high. You know, it, it's such a massive myth that people say that their populations can explode and it's just not even biologically possible. So, um, yeah, eastern grey kangaroos are approximately 10% increase per year in a good year under ideal conditions that's that's just about the maximum yeah people don't realize that kangaroos are incredibly slow breeders koalas breed at a faster rate than kangaroos do and that kangaroos have a 73 percent juvenile mortality rate so you know 2.7 can joeys out of every 10 might make it to adulthood and the chances of them replicating, a female replicating herself is one in 10. So they're not prolific breeders, but the, you know, like the Victorian government here, they, they do um, kangaroo surveys, counts, which were based on a very flawed methodology. And during the black summer fires and Gippsland being in drought, the Victorian government claimed that kangaroo population increased by 40% in two years. Now that's twice, twice the biological maximum breeding rate. And that was supposed to have happened during the black summer fires where 3 billion animals died. Um, the lies and the, um, the 
the lies about population, the lies about kangaroos being pest species are being perpetrated and, and spread. The misinformation is being spread from government and industry. And then you, you hear farmers saying, oh, you know, you do good greenies if you'd been seeing kangaroos die from starvation like we do. <laughs> um, I've well, never understood you know, that argument, Helen. I've never understood it. Let's go out and shoot them all so they don't possibly die in the future of drought. How about, dear farmers, you stop installing and rolling out cluster fencing and how about, dear government, you stop funding that cluster fencing because it's not just kangaroos that have been wiped out by this new fencing that they're installing everywhere, that there's millions of dollars of government money being invested in cluster fencing and all the way along those fence lines there are dead emus, dead kangaroos, dead everything. So, you know, there's got to be, uh, we've got to actually live with live with native animals. When we, when we take into consideration that a study in 2017 found that 96% of the Earth's mammalian biomass was made up of humans and their livestock, and only 4% were animals left in the wild. When is enough enough? The colonial attitude, like there's so many people that say, oh, well, you know, Aboriginal Australians ate kangaroos, so it must be fine. But that, that's not part of their culture to exploit an animal for profit. Like they, they took what they needed on a subsistence basis and according to totem and protocol, it's a completely different yeah. thing. And there's some really amazing Aboriginal activists that have been saying this for a long time as well. It's been uh, misrepresentation, myths, lies, fallacy, the whole lot. The best thing we can do, as Helen said, boycott kangaroo product. In fact, I'd ask you to go a step further. If you walk into your supermarket, and you see packaged kangaroo meat for sale, ask to speak to the meat manager and ask them to have it removed, that you'll not buy in that shop while that dirty meat is there, possibly contaminating the other products on the shelf. That will get them thinking. If I could do a little plug just quickly for for Victorian Kangaroo Alliance as well. We haven't actually announced this on our social media yet because I'm still just um, adding a few resources in. But we've had a a wonderful woman has helped us, um, so shout out to Hannah, but uh, she's helped us create a web page, which is www.vickangas.org. And if you go on there, there's a, a how to help page. And that, that's um, got a few tips of, of how, to, how to help us continue our advocacy and, and how to join us and, um, yeah, and be part of the movement. We'll end part one of this interview right now. Part two. Tonight you've heard about the way kangaroos are shot and how the in-pouch babies are ripped from their mother's pouch, decapitated, crushed, But there is a forgotten victim of this commercial killing, and that is the at-foot joey. Although they may appear developed and able to survive, they are still reliant on their mother for nutrition and emotional support up to 18 months of age. These joeys left alone in the wild will suffer death from predation, dehydration, starvation, or simply stress. Alyssa will deal with the issues regarding the rules and regulations of the commercial industry, and Helen will inform us about the difficulties of raising an orphaned at-foot joey. Please join us here 
This is the Aussie Animal Show on Triple A Radio.